While the world is quick to tell you all that it's against, Uptown Church wants you to know where for. We're for doing what's right and fixing what's wrong. We're for lifting up prayers and breaking down barriers. We're for the brightest, boldest, loneliest, finest, and most flawed among us. And most importantly, we're for you. Uptown Church. In the city. For the city. Jesus was with his inner circle of disciples. Now, if you, if you followed Jesus or followed some of his stories in the New Testament, you know he traveled with quite a big crew all the time. He, he had a lot of followers, but we know there were these 12 kind of inner circle followers that were kind of always with Jesus, closest to him. And so one day, Jesus is just with these 12 inner circle disciples, and they're listening to him pray. Now, they've heard Jesus pray all sorts of times. I mean, they've been following Jesus probably for about a year or two now, so they've heard Jesus pray. But on this particular day, they muster up enough courage to almost interrupt Jesus because they're so anxious, and they finally mustered up the courage to ask Jesus something they've been dying to ask Jesus all of the other times they've heard him pray. And they, they say this, the Gospel of Luke, one of these inner circle disciples, he accounts for it this way. He says, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They, they asked Jesus, teach us, show us how to pray. Now, this is kind of funny because, at least to me, maybe, that they are finally, they have been following Jesus for a while now, but they finally muster up the courage to ask Jesus, you know, like, why don't you teach us or show us how to pray? See, obviously, they had heard him again and again pray and realized, though they had grown up their entire lives praying, they were good religious folk. So they had been taught by their moms and their dads all the prayers to pray. They'd been taught by the religious leaders how to pray. And they were probably at this point in their life still saying many of those memorized prayers. They grew up praying. But they noticed over their time with Jesus that Jesus prayed differently that there was something different about the way Jesus came to moments of prayers. See, when he prayed, it didn't sound as rote. It didn't sound as ritualistic as maybe they sounded. It didn't sound forced, and it didn't sound like a drone on and on and on. And Jesus didn't seem real concerned with if he was kneeling or standing or what he was doing. It was more intimate. It was more personable. It, it felt like something was actually happening. So they asked Jesus, how do we pray? So I think at this point, they started to think, maybe we're not doing it right. Maybe we're doing something wrong. And can you relate? Has anyone ever asked you in a group of people to pray? Like, I actually want to see your hands. Have you ever been put on the spot to pray? Okay, I am a pastor, so let me tell you, every family function, guess who prays? This chick. They're like, it's a professional hazard. <laughs> and I pray literally for a living, and I still sometimes am like, uh, what do I, I, I'm not ready for this. We panic. We too, like the disciples, sometimes have that feeling of, do I actually know how to pray? 
am I doing it right? I mean, I'm sure like they worried about, we wonder like, what exactly am I supposed to say? Like, do I, do I go all King James version? Like thou, thine, you know, thouist, I don't know. Um, do like, I kneel, do, can I sit, can I stand, hands? What in the heck do we do with our hands? It's like we know how to use our hands every other moment in every other area of life, but it comes to prayer and we're like, I, I don't know. We, we worry, we wonder, we panic when it comes to prayer, just, just like the disciples. But I think for you and I, it's a little bit more than just stylistic concerns that we bring to the table when it comes to how to pray. I don't think you and I are so worried if our voice goes up or down or if we sound holy or if we just talk in our normal voice. That's not really what is nagging at us when we wonder if we truly know how to pray. And I don't think that is what was nagging the disciples either. See, I think deep down inside, they were worried. They were worried that they weren't doing it right because they realized their prayers weren't getting answered. They, they were worried that if I don't know how to do it and if I don't do it right, God won't answer my prayers. And how many of us can relate to that? Our prayers don't get answered. And we worry maybe I'm not doing it right, and that's why God's not answering my prayers. I mean, let's be really honest here, like real, real honest. How many of our prayers actually get answered? How many of your prayers actually get answered? I mean, of course, like the little prayers, like the your keys, turns out they're exactly where what? You left them in the freezer or wherever. You know, like, you know, our, our, we find our keys, but we were probably going to find our keys anyway. So that prayer got answered, right? When it comes to finding a parking spot, turns out you found a parking spot, amen. So did a hundred other non-praying people, right? Or your team, they won. Woo, your prayers worked. Along with wearing dirty socks and that jersey you haven't washed all season, you know, but they were probably going to win anyway. They were expected to win. And the times that they're not expected to win, well, they don't win. So, like, those prayers, yeah, they get answered, but they were kind of going to be solved, answered anyway. But what about those prayers where we're asking for more than just where are our keys and favor and finding a parking spot. You know, the prayers where we really need a miracle, that if God doesn't do something that only God can do, then there's nothing else to do. What about those prayers? I mean, sometimes, sometimes, occasionally, you and I get a yes to those prayers, and we thank God, and we feel happy. But a lot of times, We don't get the answers that we hope for or uh, that we want or that we think that we need. And that's, I think, what our issue with prayer really is. How do we pray? Because God, how does prayer actually work for me? How does it work so that prayers get answered? And so the disciples are worried about this, so they ask Jesus, and I think they're asking like you and I, because Jesus, does this actually work? Should I be doing it? And Jesus, as we're going to see in just uh, over the next few minutes, he says, well, yeah, 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 yeah. 
prayer works, it works out, but maybe not those types of prayers. Maybe it's a little bit different than you think. Maybe it works out, but not works out. And they're like, oh, yeah, great, okay, teach us to pray. So here Jesus is, and he's answering his disciples and our questions about, well, how do we pray? But he gets at more than just simply how. Why do we pray? When do we pray? Even where do we pray? And Jesus starts by saying this. He says, whenever you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. You got to love a good teacher who tells you how to do something by telling you how not to do something, right? Jesus says, this is what you don't do. Let me make sure you're clear on this first. Do not pray like the hypocrites. And you and I, we can, we can appreciate that because even if you're not sure what you think about Jesus or how you feel about the Jesus thing, you can get on board with Jesus not being about hypocrites. We can respect that. He goes on to say, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues. They love to stand at the street corners. They love to pray in church. They love to be pray anywhere in public so that they might be seen by others. And he goes on and he says, truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Jesus is telling them, first off, don't pray inauthentic prayers. Jesus is saying, I have no time for that. God has no time for that. Faith is not about religiosity. Faith is not just about spouting off some words. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a heart thing. And what that is, that, that's bringing your that's doing something to show off. Jesus is saying, I have, I have nothing to do with and no interest in the prayers of pretension, the prayers that are put on to impress, which I think for some of us kind of breaks down some of our hindrances, maybe even to prayer, the prayers that we've heard or seen. Because isn't it true in your life and my life that sometimes the people who get up in front of people and say the best prayers, the most eloquent prayers, they can inflect their voice at the right time and say, amen, aren't actually living lives that reflect any of the things they've just said in prayer. And Jesus is saying, I have no time for that and neither do you. Don't pray like that. Jesus goes on and he tells them, and this, he, it gets interesting because he flips the script a little bit. He says, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door. Now, some of you might be thinking like, wait a minute, I have to be in my room? Like, go close the door? Like, I'm usually praying as I run out the door. Like, okay, God, thank you for this day. Let's go. Where are those keys again? Or we're praying on our, in our car on the way to work. Or some of you think, well, I grew up in church, and the only time I was ever told I could pray was in, like, a religious space. What do you mean Jesus is saying, I've got to be by myself, shut the door? What is that about? Can't we just pray anywhere we want to? Jesus is saying something actually really important here. It is so much more about just the geography of where we're praying. Jesus is getting past that pretension that he just warned against. And he's saying, he goes on, he says, pray to your father who is in secret. Then your father who sees in secret will reward you. Jesus addresses God as father. 
And he changes the whole dynamic for them in prayer in just that assumption. He hasn't even got into the words yet to say when you pray. But Jesus is already flipping their script on prayer and the paradigm of their entire faith. See, Jesus is saying, you want to get alone, not because you can't pray anywhere and because God doesn't hear you anywhere you are or see you anywhere you are. He's saying because it's intimate, it's personal, it's relational. It's not just a, okay, God, here's my to-do list for the day. Are we good? Are we good? Are we good? Okay, I'll see ya. It's not a standing meeting with your boss. It's prayer. And Jesus is saying, you're praying to your Father in heaven. It's where you get in a space where you lay it all out there. You say the things you can't say to anybody else. The things that you're afraid to say out loud, because if you said them out loud, even you would be embarrassed to be hearing it back to you. It is a moment of honesty, authenticity, and truth that Jesus is getting at. He's saying, that's, that's more what prayer is about. I'm not trying to pretend to be some religious person over here, which does no good for you or others. And Jesus uses that word father. Now, I got to stop right there because for some of us, that's kind of shocking. For the disciples, that would have been incredibly shocking. What, father? Come again, Jesus? Father? Father? Is, is Jesus saying that God is one masculine or male? Is, is Jesus saying God is a person? What, what is Jesus saying when he says God is Father? And you might, those are great questions. You might have those. The disciples sure had those questions. And this is what Jesus is getting at. He's changing their understanding of who God is. See, Jesus isn't saying God is male or that God is literally a person because elsewhere Jesus says that God is spirit. The apostle John, when he talks about God, he says God is love. That God is beyond us. That God is not bound simply in our human experience. But what Jesus is saying to us is that even though God is infinite, even though God transcends all of our understanding, we can't wrap our mind around God because God is not us. God is beyond us. God desires intimacy. Infinite, yet intimate. Infinite God of all, creator, ruler of the universe, but intimate, knows you by name, knows every hair on your head. He's, he's talking about the relationship. He says that is what faith is about. And so when you pray, you're engaging in that dynamic, that relationship. It's personal. It's personal. Not just business. It's personal. And how incredible is that for you and I, for some of us who have thought we're just appeasing God, that we just have to do the right things and then God is like, you're good. Jesus saying, no, that's not what it's about. God knows you and wants you to know God. Now, you might struggle with the word father. Jesus is painting this parental, very highly relational image. I, for me, the image of a parent is very comforting. 
But for some of us, that's not the case. There's tension when we think of God as a father or a mother or like a parent because maybe we didn't have a good experience with our own. But don't let the terminology, please don't let that trip you up because God is not reducing God to that image. God is trying to stir within us a closeness, a familiarity that God loves us and knows us in a way nobody else can, will, does. There's a trust. There's an authenticity. There, there, there's a peace in that Jesus wants us to pull. And so Jesus says, go into the room. Get intimate. Get close with the Father in heaven who wants to know you. Jesus goes on, and he says a couple more things that we're going to look at. But this image that he gives them, before he goes on, he wants his disciples to know this. That when we stop to reflect alone, because we can't stop to reflect when we are running back and forth and praying on the way to work, on the way to finding our keys. He says, when we truly pause to stop and reflect on who God is, this loving God who is also the infinite creator, we gain a better understanding of who we are. It's recentering for our lives. All of a sudden, our small lives gain incredible significance because your life is not significant. Your life is not valuable because of what you do, what you achieve, how much money you make, what you wear, who you hang out with, who likes you, who doesn't like you, who follows you, who doesn't follow you, who knows your name, and who doesn't care to. Your life is significant because God, the creator of your life, the one who knows all things, loves you. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 in that moment, when you get when you stop, you get still, you get alone, and you recognize that God wants to love you as a good and perfect parent loves a child. All of life then is filled with immense meaning. That's it. It's easy for us to lose in the day to day when we're just going back and forth. And that's this image that Jesus is painting for his disciples. He goes on and he says this. He gives them another not to do. He says, when you're praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the pagans do, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Basically, Jesus is saying there, don't, don't get in there and babble to God. It's not about the words that you say. Again, it's not about the length of your prayers. It's not a, if the words are carefully crafted. That's not what's important in prayer. It's getting one-on-one -on -one and personal and relation, relational with God. And he says, you don't have to worry about the words that you say because your Father in heaven knows what you need before you even ask him. He says, here's the deal. If you struggle with what to say and how to pray and feel like you never have the right words, Jesus says, it doesn't matter. It's inconsequential what you say it's important, though, what, that you pray. And that's what he's saying, because God already knows you. God knows what you need. Which if you're like me and you have any sort of, like, curiosity that drives you to question things, you think, wait a minute. <clears throat> okay, God, that's great that you know what I need. Um, so then why am I praying? 
Like, if we're good, if I just know you're my father and I just kind of keep that in the back of my head all the time, I'll try to do that. Why do I even pray? Why do we pray if God knows already what we need? Anyone else ask that question? Yeah. Why pray, God, if you already know what we mean? And Jesus is going, is going to lead them further. He says, you know that whole father thing has to do with, with that. He's like, there's more there. And he starts to get at with his disciples this. And he begins to actually teach them what to say when they pray. And we know this as the Lord's Prayer. We often say it here at, at every Sunday at Uptown Church. But he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father in heaven, the one who sees us, the one who is infinite but desires intimacy. Holy is your name. That's simply what hallowed means. Holy is your name. And now, for some of us, we, we read those two things together, and I'm sure Jesus' disciples were like, okay, intimate God, but then hallowed be your name, because holy, if that's what hallowed means, holy means to be set apart unlike other things. And again, Jesus is helping them to reflect truly on who God is, the God who desires intimacy with us, but the God who is not us who is beyond us. Because sometimes it's easy for to get that that's whose presence we come before in the space when we pray the God of all things. And he keeps those intention for them. And then he says, you've got to hold those intention if you're going to say the next line. Because you can only say the rest of that prayer if you believe those two things about God. That God truly loves you as a father does, but God is God and there is no one like him. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And here at this point, his disciples finally start to get it. Oh, this is why we pray. This is what prayer is all about. It's not what we say. It's not what we do. It's not our emotions. It's not if anyone hears us. In fact, we should probably have someone not hear us so we can truly be with God and reflect on who God is. But okay, so this then is what prayer is about. And Jesus is probably sitting there nodding his head as he sees it register. Yes, yes, this is why we pray. It's not to get God on board with our agenda. Sometimes we've reduced prayer to that. That's why we pray as we're coming and going rather than get alone. We reduce it to informing God of our to-do list or what we need as if God does not already know. We will inform him of our wishes and our needs and the wishes we have for other people and our hopes. And we kind of reduce things to this God being our cosmic vending machine And Jesus is pulling them back in and saying, no, 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 no. If that is it, God hears those prayers because God is so good. There's nothing you can do and nowhere you could go where God leaves you alone and forgets you. God hears any prayer you utter from your mouth. But Jesus says, but please, 
Don't miss this because this is what it is all about. Recentering your life around who God is because you find your meaning and purpose not in you but in him. And praying, God, your kingdom come. It is not my kingdom. Though I have concerns about my life, though I have concerns about the well-being of my friends and family, first and foremost, it's about you, not me. I am willing to participate in this world. This is your world. You are the one who created all things and knows all things, and I am happy to participate in it. That's what Jesus is getting at. He's saying, remember who you are and whose you are. Prayer for us, friends, it is not to impose our will on God, but rather to surrender our will and our lives. That's why we pray when God already knows what we need. Because prayer changes us. Prayer reshapes who we are and how we exist in the world. And Jesus says, and that's what it's all about. See, it's easy if God is just the cosmic vending machine or the healer, the divine healer on call for when our prayers don't get answered like we think they should, to begin to assume that because God doesn't answer, God doesn't care, and thus God isn't there. And Jesus would say, it's okay to feel that way. But, but please remember, come back to what this is all about in the first place, is relationship with God, the one who made you. Because those are the prayers that work, because they do work in us. The prayers that work are the prayers we ask God to change us, that we're different. And oftentimes when we do that, some of those other prayers we would have prayed for God to help us with this or to fix that, they start to fall in line. It's like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, seek first the kingdom of God and then all of these other things shall be added and fall into place. And that is what Jesus is saying in this moment. Friends, I wanna invite you this week. We're gonna continue on in this discussion because Jesus continues on in prayer. And we're actually gonna get next week into the part where Jesus talks about us asking God to give us the kind of how we do come to God with our needs. But this week, I want to challenge you to begin praying in a different way. One, get undistracted. Make it informal, short. Address God as a parent. Maybe father doesn't work for you. Maybe say mother. Reflect on who God is. And then ask God, you know what, this week I'm going to ask instead of doling out my request, I'm going to ask for your will to be done, your kingdom come. That's what I want to participate in. That is what I'm here for. And start to see how God meets you there. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. Lord, that you meet us in prayer. God, that prayer is a moment in which we recenter our lives. That God, it is not just a useless conversation. It is not some rote ritual or practice. But it is a moment in which we remember who we are and whose we are. That we remember that, God, this is your world. That, God, you created it. You created us and you desire goodness and peace and justice in it. And when we pray and, and align ourselves with your will, we find purpose and meaning and joy and peace. 
Give us the boldness to pray as you have instructed us to pray. Thanks for listening today. Want to connect with Uptown Church? Visit uptownchurchdallas.org or follow us on Instagram. And be sure to join us on Sundays at 10 a.m. for in-person worship at House of Blues in Dallas. God is with you. God is for you. Go in peace.